0: This episode of The The Voice Over Over Social
1: is supported by Black Cat Music,
0: the only UK distributor of Studio Bricks Bricks
1: booths. Get 15% off with the secret password, VIO Social Podcasts.
0: Welcome. To an absolutely, um, well, I think mind-blowing, to think be honest, fair. episode of The Voiceover Social. <laughs> I think they're all mind-blowing, but this one's particularly mind-blowing. <laughs> We've actually got a true story coming up for you that will completely change your understanding of why some people think they don't like the Birmingham accent. I am
1: very excited for you <laughs> to hear it. Um, just before we play it to you, though, I'm just going to take this opportunity to tell you that we are recording a live episode at the end of this month. And there are six at the time of recording. Six <gasps> tickets left. And I was telling somebody about it? this the other day. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and they were saying well just tell people exactly what it is you got planned and then there'll be no tickets left. So this is what's going to happen. <laughs> We've got the talk with uh, Martin Fisher from Sonic Pond about how to make a great demo commercial. Um, commercial demo. <laughs> this is going well. Uh, <laughs> and then after that is where the really interactive bits come in. This is what you're paying your 15 quid for. So this, first is of all, q- this is the crack. This is the crack. So first of all you've got your, your Q&A with Martin Fisher and and then what we're doing is we're breaking out into breakout rooms. There's going to be four rooms of five people. And in those breakout rooms, there will be discussions about what your voice is suitable for, what sort of industries, what types of commercials. We'll be providing lots and lots of scripts and there'll be a, a, like so much opportunity to read, get feedback from the people around you. And we'll be, me and Nick will be sort of nipping into the rooms and seeing how you're getting on as well. Lovely and me. Then- <laughs> only me, hello. uh, um, (laughs) And then we'll be all back in the main room and that is when the competition begins. Each room will be given a colour, so red, blue, green and yellow. We'll all be back in the uh, same main room, but you'll still be in your teams. We will bring out a script and you will have to choose within your group who you think out of that group is most suitable to read (gasps) that script. And then you'll compete and Martin will choose the best two out of those and then we will provide another script and the two winning teams will choose who out of that team is most suited to that script and then they will compete and then the Martin will choose the winner out of those two and then the team who that person represents, everybody wins a water bottle, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> and
0: £1 million. Pounds. <laughs> Which Nick no, will be providing joking,
1: personally. Joking. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? That's so much fun. And they're not just any old water bottle. If you've heard us speaking ever before about anything, then we've presumably been talking about our amazing double-wall insulated mega water bottles with the VioSocial logo on the front that are absolutely incredible. And they are being given to you for free if your team wins at the thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, but also you're not just winning a water bottle, are you? You're winning um Prestige. and an interesting, useful, pertinent feedback from your peers and also from mm. an industry expert. And you get into practice reading scripts and interacting and
1: networking and
0: blah, 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 blah. So, great. <laughs> so great, so great, so oh,
1: great. It's gonna be amazing. It's the twenty seventh anyway. of March, twenty twenty one. We in twenty twenty one? Yes, twenty twenty one.
0: When are we really? (laughs) Does anyone really know what (laughs) day it is?
1: (laughs) No, no no chance.
0: Uh, Grant. Okay, so anyway, here's a flippin' brilliant bit of trivia from the wonderful linguist David Crystal. I don't know if you guys remember, but I'm kind of a fan. Um, He first appeared in episode 38 when he was talking about the history and mutations of the RP accent over the years. But he also dropped this absolute clangor of a nugget which we've saved for you all until now
2: well the story of birmingham is a very recent story actually if you go back to the 19th century and look at the comments that were being made in magazines like punch in which people were being very critical about regional accents and so on unless they were you know the posh accent uh, you find all sorts of accents being criticized like irish and welsh and scots and so on but birmingham never never and it was because birmingham was outside london i suppose the the the, the biggest centre of industry so the question was you know where did all the bad press about the birmingham accent come from and i had no idea to be honest uh until 2005 uh when the bbc ran their voices Uh, celebration of all the accents and dialects of the British Isles for a a week in August 2005. All the local radio stations around the country uh, had programmes on the accents that were there, uh, very diverse too, incidentally, very ethnically mixed, and the history of them. And in the West Midlands, they decided to explore this question of uh, where did the antipathy to the West Midlands type of accent come from and Birmingham in particular and this was their conclusion and I I totally agree with it because it makes perfect sense to me and it's this that people started to have negative feelings about the accent once they heard it on the radio. Now in order to understand that you have to reflect on a general point. If you were living in England a hundred years ago how on earth would you have heard accents from other parts of the country? And the answer is you wouldn't, apart from the occasional passerby. um, If you were living in Exeter, you would have no idea how people in Birmingham or anywhere else for that matter sounded. And the first time that people really came into contact with voices from other parts of the world was when radio came along. It wasn't straight away, of course, in 1922 and thereafter, because the accents at that time were all pretty received pronunciation-ish and and really rather elitist. I mean, after all, the only people who could afford to buy a radio would be the more well-heeled sections of society. But by the 1940s, things had changed and you were beginning to hear a wider range of accents on the radio, and some of them were being uh, milked, as it were, for their potential, their comic potential in particular. And this is where the Birmingham story starts, because these guys in the West Midlands, when they researched it, they tried to answer the question, when was the first time that the Birmingham accent was heard on the radio? And the answer was in a program called Educating Archie, which was in the 1940s. And I remember it well. I used to listen to it avidly every week. And so did all my friends in school. It was a big talking point the next day in school. What did Archie do yesterday, you know? Now, uh, Archie was a puppet. And Peter Bruff, his master, was a ventriloquist. And that's odd, of course, if you think about it, you know, a ventriloquist and his dummy on the radio. But still, um, it was very, very successful. And the program worked like this, that Archie would have visitors, and the interaction between the puppet and the visitors was the source of the humor and one visitor was voiced by beryl reed wonderful actress and she had put on uh, or had um, a very strong birmingham accent and she played the part as if she was a bit thick won't you sit down please mr Uh, they um... call
0: me yeah they call me marlene you see yeah that's my name
2: yes well marlene uh, what's your Mm -hmm. trouble
0: it's my teeth, you see, liking in my mouth. They, they stick out too much.
2: Isn't that inconvenience you?
0: Oh, well, it's not so much me, you see, but it's, uh, it's my boyfriend, Pierce. <laughs> he's, he's terrific. <laughs> you see, every time I kiss him goodnight, I undo his collar and tie.
2: Week after week after week, people heard this very exaggerated Birmingham accent. And people believed it, you see. People thought that if you had that sort of accent, then, oh, there's something wrong with you, you know. And the evidence of that, according to the guys who were researching this, was that every time thereafter the Birmingham accent appeared on the radio, and then later on the television, it was usually associated... Some of them said actually it was always associated. That's a bit strong, but you know, I don't know, maybe it's true. It was usually associated with people who were not all there or not very nice characters or what have you. And the examples started to build up. Um, there was a character uh, in um, Ovidus in Pet, um, played by Timothy Spall. I got in guys once. Oh, I think I still am, in fact. But don't you know? Well, we never broke it off officially, though. She's still got the ring. Do you still see her? No. Would you write? No. Does she write to you? No. Do you care? No, I don't like her very much. Why would you get engaged, then? Oh, I think it was because her dad had a spare season, ticket for the Wolverhampton Wanderers. And then the, uh, there was a character called Benny... In, what was it, Crossroads? I was looking for work, see. Oh. Miss Luke say you were the best one to talk to.
1: It's not down to me anymore, Benny.
2: Well, could, could you ask Mr. Hunter for me? It's
1: not up to him either. He's leaving.
2: Who then? A Mrs. Freeman. I don't know her. Yeah. No, she's new. What are you going to do now, Benny? I don't know. No,
1: I mean sort of right now.
2: Well, I thought I'd just pop in the garage to say hello to everybody.
1: Right. Leave it with me. I'll go and have a word with Mrs Freeman. See what I can do.
2: Oh, thanks. Miss Luke, say you're the best to talk to. <laughs> and so slowly, a stereotype built up of the Birmingham accent. So that was the conclusion they came to. And I think there's a, there must be a lot of truth behind it opposite it another way i can't explain it in any other way so that's the basis of the story
0: and there it is yeah. oh it's mad where these prejudices come from isn't it like we mm. all think we make up our own minds about how we feel about accents but actually a lot of the time it's nonsense inflicted <laughs> on us by uh, things beyond our control that's terrifying isn't it
1: mm, i'm horrified horrified anyways there's all a load of nonsense and i'm going to try and reprogram my brain not that i feel that it was No, actually, I do. I do feel that it was programmed. I think I fully started off life thinking that, of all the accents in the world, Birmingham wasn't one of my favourites, and that is exactly why. Now I think about it some more. Actually, I do have something else to add to this. I have spent my whole life, um, until fairly recently, thinking that German was guttural those two words i've been told and told and told and actually i went to berlin and i thought it was beautiful i love the german the german i say german like british um uh the german accents that i heard (laughs) when i was in berlin i just i loved i loved them i thought they were so it was it felt kind of romantic in a way and what that is i've I've read it since and sort of figured out as well is that that is just a it's a what you call it A, a throwback no a a legacy it's a legacy from the second world war and my family's jewish so that makes a difference as well and so that's why that's why people say to me said to me it's
0: fascinating i mm. think everybody has these prejudices and these kind of unconscious biases and actually it's probably only through my experience working with people who've been the victims of it in life Mm. that have made me start to reprogram and understand and think and listen with a more open kind of understanding non-judgmental ear because it is at its root it is just sound mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that it's not just sound when you learn accents <laughs> but we have to just remember that people speak and it's their voices and it's beautiful and if you have any negative connotations about something I would always just say take a little moment to reflect on why mm, I and listen to them again
1: And I don't want to give too much away about the future because I like things to be a surprise. But just remember, there's only six tickets left for the live episode. And I know that this sounds like a silly thing to include in the podcast because it's going to immediately be out of date. But it's also an opportunity to remind you that if you want to be one of the first to find out about opportunities, about live episodes and other things like this, then make sure you're signed up to our mailing list at www.thevosocial.com. And crucially, make sure you actually open the emails when they arrive. Because also, if you've signed up... And not received any, or think you haven't? Then, oh my god, they're in your spam! Check, check, quick, they're there. Quick, get them check, out, get them out, check, quick!
0: Yes. Check, They don't belong in spam. <laughs> no, what not were you spam. Thinking. Change I... your email provider immediately.
1: <laughs> immediately, <laughs> or at least just like constantly have your spam folder open. I keep finding all sorts in there. It's really quite awful, like op- job opportunities and things. Yeah, yeah spam is bad. <laughs> Stop bad saying spam. Bad.
0: spam. You're making me hungry. <laughs> That's a very British reference. Okay,
1: move <laughs> yeah. on. I've been Leah Marks.
0: And I've been Nick Redman. And And we we are the the VoiceOver
1: Social. Together till the end of the.